0: It's good to see you. We're excited about this series that we're kind of in the third, third of, <laughs> as we run up to the summer and looking at a number of different series, a number of different themes in what it means to live life well. Think about two different examples of what does it mean to be church. What are we doing here this morning? It may be that you're very familiar with church; it's a normal thing. Or it may be that you're kind of fairly new to it, or you're here for the first time. What is it? that we are doing. What is church for? And we're going to begin by looking at two different examples. The first is from the Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Rings fans here? Great. This is from the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, and it's setting up, it's this scene where they've discovered that they know that they need to destroy the ring. And so they have this kind of committee where they all kind of argue about what's going to happen. Uh, and then we see what happens as little Frodo and then a gathering kind of commit behind him to join together to destroy the ring. Let's first snapshot, first perspective. And I love this quote, if by my life or death I can protect you, I will. Snapshot one on church. The second snapshot is something that's begun to happen this year. Uh, Many of you will know this man, Kanye West. Put your hands up just have of interest if you've never heard of Kanye West, just worth framing. Okay, well done, uh, well done, because he is one of the biggest pop stars, well, hip-hop stars of all time. Uh, and I'm interested in, in him because he's an interesting character. Here he is on the front cover of Rolling Stone magazine, dressed as Jesus. Uh, here he is with his famous song, I Am A God where he's playing between the idea of being a celebrity God, being made in God's image and thinking too highly of yourself. But what's interesting about Kanye West is that every Sunday this year, he has been hosting a Sunday service called Sunday Service in which they gather around in a really low-key way and sing gospel songs and, of course, sing Kanye songs. And it's uber-trendy. All the A-listers want to be at this Sunday service. Here at a recent festival that he organized, the Coachella Festival in the U.S., this is the Sunday service happening at that festival on the Easter weekend, and the, the service bit is happening in the middle on the mount. And there is the tens of thousands of crowd gathering around to witness this. And in this festival, you can buy church clothes in which you can get Sunday service jogging pants, Holy Spirit sweatshirts, and also church socks. Who's got church socks on today? For a mere $50, you can get church socks. And my own personal favorite is the Holy Spirit fire sweatshirt that you can buy. I think this is fascinating. And a couple of weeks ago on Radio 1, the song of the week on Radio 1 was Sam Henshaw's song, Church, with the chorus, Wake Up, Wake Up, Get Yourself to Church. And what's interesting about the Sunday service and how it's viewed is their insights as to why people want to come. This is Kim Kardashian, Kanye West's wife, commenting on the Sunday service. When they come here, they feel free and safe. Everyone that comes understands it's just a really healing experience with an amazing choir and amazing messages about love to start off your week. She goes on. It's just a healing experience. There's no praying, there's no sermon, no word, just music and just a feeling. And it's Christian. Fascinating. Snapshot two on church. And I want to suggest that both of those insights, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and the Kanye West Sunday service, give us something interesting to think about church. Now, I love singing. What we've done this morning is beautiful. And we long for our gatherings to be places of healing where people can come in and experience love and hope and freedom. But I can't help wondering if we've made church just about Kanye's perspective and we've lost something from the Lord of the Rings perspective. And it's summarized by this word, fellowship. It's an old-school church word uh, that was used in lots of different concepts and simply means this, a community of people with a shared purpose. It's not particularly a Christian word. It's used about fellowships within university setting any community with a single shared purpose. And in that Bible reading that John read to us, we heard about it. From a guy called Paul, who's in prison in Rome, sending a letter to a group of people in Philippi, modern-day Greece, in which he talks about fellowship. Listen again to those words. What did Paul say? In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That word partnership is the word fellowship in the original language. Even though he's in prison, there in Greece, They've acted in a certain way that's shown fellowship together with him. And this is more than just an experience that they've had that's made them feel good. Something has happened. Because I used to think the word "fellowship" meant something like this. After the, the service, we're going to be having cups of tea and stuff. Great. And we sometimes hear people say, "Now let's go now, we're going to have a time of fellowship. What we mean is chatting and having a cup of tea. That's not what the Bible talks as fellowship. That may be a good thing, it is a good thing, but fellowship is more deeper than that. There's something that unites them. And he described did you pick up the words to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi? That's not that in Philippi there were a couple of A list Christians who were like uber saints. No, he's talking to the church, saying that something has happened that all of the church are now holy people. They're all saints. And friends, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a saint. You are holy in God's sight. Uh, Can you do something for me? Turn to the person next to you and say to them, you're looking mighty holy today. (laughs) Go for it. The beauty, the beauty of what has happened has meant that ordinary people like you and me in little old Bourneville are described as saints, as holy. Which means that what has happened makes you, if you're a follower of Jesus, as holy as the greatest saint that you can think of. And that's not because they're better no, it's all because of something that has happened, and Paul describes it. Look, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Something has happened that God, through Jesus, has done with a just an act of grace. And of course, we know what that is. When Jesus died on that cross that we've been singing about, he took the hit, took the bullets for us, So that all our stuff, all our mess, all our sin is then washed clean, wiped clean, so that in God's sight we are holy. And it's not because we're particularly special, it's purely an act of grace. That's good news. And not only that, did you notice what Paul said? He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Not only has this thing happened, God is still at work in you, friends, and will carry on that work of change. That unites them. That gospel ties them together, that good news. That is a description of church united together, not with just nice feelings over a cup of tea that makes you feel nice about each other, but actual bonds that link you together. That's the good news of Jesus, that because now you are different, because God has set you free, you are now brothers and sisters united together, partners with a cause United by the gospel, but it's not only you're just linked by something that the good news has changed you so that you are now together, but actually it's partnership in the gospel. So therefore, when one of you goes, you go together as one. And Paul knows that because Paul's in prison because of preaching about Jesus. And he says, you here over in Greece, friends, are joining in what I'm doing, talking about Jesus. And I'm doing with you too. We are partners in the gospel, longing for people all over this city to be set free to find the hope that we found in Jesus. Partnership in the gospel. That is fellowship, friends. That's the common cause that unites us and sends us out. And like any rope, there are three aspects of this, which Paul simply highlights. Three things that they've been doing that show what this is about. And the first is this, prayer. Listen again to what Paul says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You can feel the beauty Paul is there in prison. They are miles away, and yet they know they are bonded by prayer. And Paul prays with joy because they have supported him in his ministry. I love this quote from G.K. Chesterton. We're taller when we kneel. If you're a follower of Jesus, being part of church means we are linked together And so often, the most powerful thing we can do is to pray for one another. Fellowship is more than just feelings of niceness and love over a cup of tea. It's we are bonded together for the sake of the cause. And so we can pray for each other. And it's not just Paul praying for them. Paul's chuffed that they're praying for him. I'll continue to rejoice, he says, for I know that through your prayers... And God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what's happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He's praying for them, they're praying for Him. They are together, fellowship, partners in the gospel. And I don't know about you, but this is a big challenge for me. If you were to listen into my prayers, I think I'd be a bit sad of how many of those prayers are about me and my circumstances and my stuff. That I want God to do in me or for me. And yet, there's a beauty here about fellowship that means we get the privilege of praying for our brothers and sisters. But of course, in all our gatherings, our groups, when we're meeting one to one, we get the privilege of partnering together, speaking to the God of eternity about each other. That's good. And as we come to respond, can I say at the end, I want to flag up something about our Sunday gatherings. We often have opportunities for people to respond to be prayed with. And I think most of us think my stuff is not particularly big, so I don't want to go to the back to be prayed with. It has to be really serious, hardcore stuff. The reality is we all need prayer all the time. Wouldn't it be great if on Sundays when we gather, there's such an openness to praying for the, each other, such an expectation that I want people to pray for me, that we respond in massive ways? Prayer. I love this quote. We make a mistake when we think of praying for God's work to be done. We don't pray for the work, prayer is the work. Partners in the gospel. So that's the first aspect of what it means to be in fellowship, praying for each other, with each other. The second is this, presence. It seems pretty clear that what has happened to Paul is that the church in Philippi did something practically. Listen again. Philippians 2 says these words. I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother and co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. The church in Philippi had sent Epaphroditus to Rome to be with Paul. Presence. The whole church couldn't go. But somebody could, so they sent Epaphroditus. And what happened in prison in those days? It wasn't like our system where you get your meals in prison. In those days, you were in prison, and so therefore people from the outside had to provide your stuff. They sent Epaphroditus. And so Paul is doing something else. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive bad news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. There's something about showing up that is really important about being partners together, about being church, about being in fellowship, just being with each other, showing up. And I think that impacts us in several ways. I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes you can be thinking, you know, it's Sunday morning. It's a beautiful day. You think to yourself, oh, can I be bothered to go to church? A bit more out, a bit more time in bed, whatever it might be. Or, or there's a group, community group tonight. You know, it's been a hard day. I won't be missed. Or, or prayer gathering. I, I'm not needed. My prayers aren't needed. I think this shows that you are important. Yes, you Your presence makes a difference to us. And so therefore, showing up is an act of partnership with people. Just being there so that you can just be and support our brothers and sisters is an act of fellowship that is sometimes a sacrifice, but what it means to be partners together. Now, I know life, there's all sorts of stuff going on. It doesn't mean you have to kind of beat yourself up when the times you can't. But don't devalue you. You are important. Your presence is really important, not just in making us feel good, but actually spurring each other on as we engage in this mission to help impact this city. But it's not only just showing up, it's also really important in times of real pain and hardship. One of the most stimulating books I've read in recent months is this book with the very provocative title, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies that I've Loved. By a woman called Kate Bowler, who had grown up to believe that if she did everything right, if she prayed enough and believed enough, then her life would be sweet she get health, wealth, and everything. And then along came cancer. And in this book, she provocatively looks at what it means to try and falteringly follow Jesus in the midst of a nightmare. And at the end of this book, she does some very, very helpful, two very practical chapters. One is 10 things not to do with people who are going through real nightmares. <laughs> very helpful. Well worth reading. But then there's also a chapter with five things that we all can do when people are going through the worst nightmares. And here's one thing that she says. Brilliant. The truth is that no one knows what to say. It's awkward. Pain's awkward. Tragedy's awkward. People's weird suffering bodies are awkward. But take the advice of one man who wrote to me with his policy. Show up and shut up. There's something about simply being with people who are going through a nightmare that is a beautiful act of partnership. You are important, friends. Showing up is really key for people who are going through a nightmare. So prayer, your presence. But then the third thing is I come to a close. They're practical support as was very obvious. Do you notice that? I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from first day until now. What's that partnership look like? What was it that they did? Paul talks about in verse 27 of chapter one, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you only hear about your absence, I know that you stand firm in the spirit, striving together as one, even though they're in two different places. How? How? Well, when Epaphroditus went to him, it's pretty clear that he took a financial gift for Paul. Not one church, says Paul, shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. They actually... Practically supported Paul and they physically gave money for him. Paul's there sharing the gospel and they get a part of what he's doing by simply supporting him. Friends, we long to be a church that reflects our city and transforms our city. Because people belong to thriving communities in which they get to know Jesus. And therefore, a key part of that is us all being in. And if we're part of that, that partnership in the gospel, that means we get a role to play. And I think it simply means this. For those of us in this room right now, who you know faithfully, sacrificially, are consistently giving to the needs of the church not for the needs sake but to gain your part in what we're doing well done that's partnership in the gospel you're therefore playing your part in the ministry that happens over here so the stays and plays that happen midweek in which we reach out and have opportunities for loads of people to come in and experience some sort of love and fellowship and kind of community even if i'm at work Actually, I'm playing a part in that. And for that person on their front line and their workplace that's trying to just help their friends and their work colleagues get to know Jesus, by just encouraging them, you're involved in it. So well done. Uh, But also, can I say, if you do consider yourself to be a part of Riverside and you'd say, this is your church, whatever you mean by that, and you know that you don't, yet give to the life of the church in any meaningful way, you've never got round to it or just kind of just not really thought about it too much, can I urge you to consider doing so? It's part of what it means to be church. Or if you are doing it, but you've never kind of reviewed over the last few, few years and it just kind of ticks on by, there's this sheet, this little booklet, uh, the welcome point, how to give if you want to kind of, set up something or in your outlooks you'll see there's mentions the church suite app it's a way you can do it on there the reality is at the moment as i come to a close as riverside we are in an interesting position you may know if you've been around church that in september we shared a sense of where god is calling us as we go forward there's some big risks some things we long to see. And we are so thankful that because of that evening, God provided us with a gift through a uh, very generous act, which therefore enables us to go forward for the sake of the vision of the church, doing really great things. But alongside that, which we're convinced God has set aside for the vision of what God's calling us to, our regular expenditure is not met by our regular income. And so we're in a need where we need to kind of look at that. And so, friends, if Riverside, you call it your church, but you know you're not playing your part in that, can I urge you to consider it? Not because money is needed, but because it's being partners together in the gospel. Fellowship bonded together. So fellowship, friends, is less about me. It's more about we. And so, yes, we may be in gatherings where we experience healing and hope because we're singing to Jesus, yes, 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 yes. But it's not just about my feelings. If by my life or death I can protect you, I will. Friends, that is partnership in the gospel.